Welcome back to the latest episode of Believe in Georgia Tech podcast. We are your co-hosts. This is Jackson Caudill, and that is RJ Schaefer. Coming to you January 5th, Friday afternoon, or Friday evening, I guess more now. It's, it's, it's getting a little late for us, but uh, basketball has a huge game tomorrow. We wanted to preview that. We wanted to talk about just things going on. It's been a little bit since we got together. Um, the last time we did an episode was right after the bowl game and our instant reaction and everything that followed then it's been a really busy time we had the holidays we want to just you know take some time spend with our families but we are back talking about all the latest that's going on with georgia tech athletics but first of all rj like how are your holidays man like was it good yeah it was pretty good i mean you know it stayed low key this day yeah i feel you there man like you're just trying to get through it because you know not only like for me it was not only the holidays but you know i had my girlfriend's birthday so like i have just days upon days where I'm just gotta, you know, do stuff and you know, it, but it, it was good. It's always good to do that and spend time with family. But now we're back. We got a we got a pretty good bit to talk about. You know, like we said, it, it's been a little bit since we last got together and transfer portal closed yet uh, a couple of days ago. Um, now there are still kids getting in. We'll kind of explain all that in a little bit. Uh, some former players, um, they have found their new destinations. Like we said, basketball has has some. Um, some a big game tomorrow, like one, one they kind of need to win. Um, like you know, we're not going to go must win early in January, but it's one we'd like to see them win against an opponent of probably equal or lesser caliber than they. But we do want to start off like women's basketball beat beat Virginia last night. We want big shout out to them. Like Virginia is a is a pretty good program, and uh, it it was a really good win for Georgia Tech. I I was keeping up with it last night, and like that that's a really good win for them. So. I wanted to give them a shout out right off the top here. And baseball is going to get going soon. Like it's almost baseball season. Like it's crazy to think about. We're going to have a lot of sports rolling at once. And you know what? You know what you should do when you have a lot of sports rolling in at once? You should stay locked in right here on the Believe in Georgia Tech podcast. We're going to be bringing it to you. Um, If you're like before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening through podcast form, what you should also do is go to the YouTube channel and do that. But Give us a give us a, a review one star three star five stars doesn't matter to us we just want to know how you feel about it and be sure to follow us on there as well so with all the housekeeping stuff out of the way I guess let's talk about the ugliness that was the um, basketball game the other night man that that was you know Damon Stoudemire talked about it after the game you know that was the energy was low he didn't thought they didn't think they competed very well and like the numbers back it up like. They scored 19 points in the first half, shooting 27% and 7% from three. Let me say that again, 7% from three, one of 14. Now, this isn't the NBA. You're not going to be an elite three-point. Most teams are just not going to be elite three-point shooting teams in college nowadays. But, man, one of 14 is just going to bury you in a hole. And you looked at the difference in the game, and it was – well, Florida State just hit three or four more threes. Like, they were ahead by, you know, 12, 13 points. And, like, that was the difference in the game. They were both shooting about the same from everywhere else on the floor. But Florida State just – they shot better from three. And, you know, it, it was a disappointing loss just because, like, I mean, Florida State just come off a loss to Lipscomb. Like, they were a 6-6 six and six team. Like, this isn't – they didn't go on the road and lose to North Carolina or Miami, two teams that are expected to compete for the ACC championship. Like one thing I want to see from Stoudemire and Georgia Tech this year is beat the other teams around you, like beat the teams in that middle to lower pack of the ACC and finish with a good record against them 
And then, you know, we'll see what they do when they have to punch above their weight. You know, they did, they beat Duke earlier. You like give them credit for that, but I want to see them do well in, in these type of games. And they have a few coming up, you know, they got Boston college tomorrow, which we're going to talk about. And they have Notre Dame next week. These were two teams picked at the bottom of the conference and Boston college is maybe a little bit better than that, but they've played a, a very easy schedule so far. And, Notre Dame did beat Virginia last week, so that'll that'll be interesting. But any like overarching takeaways from you on what you saw um, Wednesday night? The one thing that has kind of been a red flag for me is that you notice when Georgia Tech plays like a physical opponent, like Florida State is a physical opponent. Like they were full court press probably the whole game. We tend to force up shots. We as in Georgia Tech. To tend to force up shots that are something that you know you could pass up upon. Like if you looked in the first half, the reason why was we didn't miss a ton of wide open threes. It was we were driving down the lane two versus one, and we pull up a three when you could have passed it to somebody wide open under the basket. But it's fundamental errors in not only like passing but just shot selection like the shot selection especially in the first half was just horrible like it, it was yep. sad to watch i mean i guess one one i think decent thing to come from this game is you know going into it like miles kelly who is the team's most talented scorer he's not the most consistent player from game to game he had really been in a shooting slump and to his credit he did have a decent night the other night not a phenomenal night but he he did seem to to get it going a little bit but you know, you're talking about fundamentals. The, the free throw shooting was terrible. Like, they had chances to get back in the game late in the free throw shooting, which was an issue. You know, it has been an issue before this year. Like, this isn't anything new. So, you know, look, the sky's not falling. Like, it, this is not like a, me and you have said on this very podcast that there are going to be ups and downs to this in Stoudemire's first year. Like, it's the other night. They He also made a change in the starting lineup. Like, Ibrahim Asako – He's, he's a freshman starting at center. Now, there's three true freshmen starting, and that was the first time all playing together. You have Bay and Dongo and Nate George playing, and those two guys have been really good pretty much from the time they got on the court. But you're still – like a lot of these guys are still meshing and, and, and learning how to play with each other, and they're young. Florida State does have some veteran pieces, and um, Leonard Hamilton's been a coach there for a long time. Like it's – they haven't been a, a – dominant program in, in in a while or you know they, they you know they missed the tournament last year but they're still a tough team to play and it's on the road and as you know we've experienced this year like it's college basketball anything can happen man like you know you can be beating duke one one minute and you can be losing the umass lowell the next like it's it, it's an up and down but just kind of transitioning into you know tomorrow you're facing a team that was picked last in the acc boston college was off to a nine and three start but like I said, they they have played a very soft schedule. This is a game at home. I would like to see Georgia Tech win, and I'm just kind of looking for like a clean game tomorrow. Like you were saying, with the fundamentals, just free throw shooting, just be a little bit better. You know, run a. I, I want to see them run some more actions on offense because one thing I feel like I can criticize Stoudemire for a little bit is the offense just looks so stagnant at times. It doesn't look like we're running anything or trying to run anything through somebody. Sometimes it's just dribble the ball around a little bit and then Miles Kelly do something. Like that that's just what it turns into some of the time. And then, you know, you'll have uh Reeves, he, he'll do some he'll hit some threes every now and then, but you know, as a, a overall like the three-point shooting was pretty poor in in the last game. So, 
I want to see him come out and start much better because there have been times when a, a lot of in pretty much every loss they've come out and started pretty poor. Like that's um, that that's been a theme, and it was definitely the theme the other night. Like they they got down um, pretty early, and you know they were shooting three of sixteen to start. They were trailing seventeen to seven with about seven minutes to go in the first half. Like just an ugly start on offense, but. In that game tomorrow, like kind of, kind of, what are you looking for just to see, you know, improvement from even Wednesday night or just overall? I'm just looking for, and not even offense or defense. I'm just looking for improvement on hustle because one thing, and I think uh, Sutter talked about this, you know, after the game. It, it just kind of it, it looks like there's no hustle on the yeah. field, like. It's not even – it's not a certain player. It's not a certain unit. It's not this look or that look. It's just at time, you know, especially when we're down, like it's we we give it up. And something I want to look for is, you know, fighting back after that. Like, you know, you went out on an 8-0 run. FSU went out on an 8-0 run. You know, how do you respond to that? You know, do you change up the looks – like FSU, they went into a zone um, kind of midway through the second half, and that's Georgia Tech scored three possessions in a row, and that was a big turning point in the game where we could have taken hold, but we didn't. And I just want to look for, you know, adapting um, to what not only the defense but the other team gives you. Yeah, I mean that's I, I think that's pretty well said. And look, <clears throat> I don't you know I, I I doubt this is an NCAA tournament team, but you know for them to even kind of get in that little mix there on, on the back end, you have some impressive wins with Duke and Mississippi State already. You know if you want to kind of you just want to avoid losing to these bottom tier ACC teams, and you know like the other night didn't help. We'll see how Florida State does the rest of the year. They've kind of been up and down. They did play North Carolina pretty tight earlier this year, but we'll, we'll see how they finish. Boston College is a game on paper. They, they need to win. They need to beat Notre Dame next week. And then they're going to have two – they're going to have three really tough games in a row with Duke, Clemson, and Virginia all right there along. And um, Clemson, they lost their first ACC game the other night to Miami, so that's uh, that'll be interesting. But all right, so I guess we need to trans- to kind of, uh, pun intended, you know, transition over to uh, transfer portal talk. Transfer portal's closed. Um, it closed the other day. Now, there are still some some guys going in. Um, you know, if, if you played in a game, I think, in December 30th or later, you can still get in the transfer portal. But um, for Georgia Tech's purposes, none of their players can enter. They've pretty much done all, all the work they've needed to, filled the positions that they've needed to. Um, I guess – I'll kind of let you start off and, you know, talk about like, how do you think they, that, that they did in the portal and just, you know, did they address the needs and like, you know, was this a successful portal class? Because, you know, that, that can be the make or break and having a good year because a lot of the key contributors from this past team, you know, were, were transfer portal. Yeah, I think, um, I think Brent Key looked for a lot of, uh, you know, weaknesses that this team had because you, you, you look at throughout the year, like, you, you can point out, um, like, certain weaknesses. Like, I would say uh, the D-line was a weakness, um, and, you know, we got some transfers there. 
uh obviously we lost some small pieces um but i i think that's fine i think overall we did very good in the portal like we didn't lose very many pieces and we added a bunch of people at positions um like uh jack barton the outside linebacker you know kind of edge player um from Furman, i think he was a great pickup yeah and like i <clears throat> start on the offense you know obviously quarterback was not a position of worry you know georgia tech is going to have one of the better if not the best quarterback coming back in the acc next year running back i didn't really think they were going to go get a guy you know dante smith who did declare for the nfl draft today his career at georgia tech has officially come to closure he was out of eligibility but you know uh he did uh, release on social media that uh kind of like you know the goodbye thing and it was you know Dante was a recruit in the last Paul Johnson class like that that's he's been at Georgia Tech for for quite some time you know he played through the Jeff Collins era um they they wouldn't have had the success they did without him so you know he he deserves a lot of credit for for sticking around and and uh, really finishing that thing out on a high note but you know running back was a position i was kind of interested to see if they would attack in any way because yeah Jamal Haynes is coming back Trey Cooley's coming back Evan Dickens, the true freshman from last year's class, uh, he didn't get a ton of playing time, but he'll be back next year. Um, they did get four-star running back Anthony Carey at, on a signing day, kept him away from Texas A&M, Michigan State, North Carolina, and some other schools. I think they're fine with that group, I guess. Um, and, and I'm not saying like it's you know right or wrong one way or the other, but I think that's kind of the message you get from, nah, we're not going to add it back in the portal. I think we like what we have here. Um, wide receiver, I didn't. I know they did offer Makai Muse. Uh, he was a walk-on transfer from Georgia who was their uh, kick and punt return specialist. Who, he, he did some things at receiver for the Bulldogs this year too. But um, I know he was offered. I don't really know how serious that got, to be honest with you. And he was the only receiver, you know, I, I think they looked at adding because they bring back pretty much the whole receiving core next year. Eric Singleton Jr. is back. Malik Rutherford's back. Christian Leary's back. They, they brought in a good class um, – through high school. So uh, wide receiver wasn't a position I really expected them to attack, but tight end was. Um, and I think that's a position that, you know, last year you brought in uh, Brett Sither from Georgia. You brought in Jackson Long. He's a younger player from South Florida. He's kind of a developmental guy. He didn't play much this year. Um, and and they went back and, and did it again and, and, and brought in two transfers. You have Jackson Halls from Yale. And then I, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name, but Rylan Goday, um, he started off his career at Georgia, went over to Mississippi State. Doesn't have a lot of stats, but he he has he does have SEC experience. And look, they they rotate guys at the tight end position, like Scyther. You know, he he led the the position in touchdown uh, catches, and he did he played the least of probably the three. You know, Dylan Leonard and Luke Benson are gone now, uh, and those guys are not easy to replace. You know, I know a lot of Georgia Tech fans I've seen they do get frustrated with the production from the tight end position, but like you go look at the film and you look at the the grades they get, like they grade out pretty well blocking. Like that, that those are things like you can't um, sometimes easily replace. Especially they were the number one rushing team in the ACC. Like that's a big reason why it's not just the offensive line. Tight ends had a lot to do with it. And then you look at the offensive line. You're bringing back four starters. Connor Scaglione's out of eligibility, um, so you go get Keelan Rutledge from uh, Middle Tennessee State. All conference there, uh, Conference USA. Uh, you know, Clemson really wanted him, and Georgia Tech was able to land him. I'm assuming it's just going to be plug and play for him at guard. 
Um, I think he's probably the most likely impact guy right away um, on the offensive side, at least. They've again, they're bringing back everybody with Weston Franklin, Joe Fusile, Ethan McKinney, Jordan Williams. Like they're all coming back. Like they have depth there, and it's why both me and you think the offense could be one of the best, if not the best, in the ACC next year. Like it's it's pretty impressive what they've done. They brought in a good uh, recruiting class on the offensive line, signing five guys. So future's pretty bright at that position. But just in terms of transfers, Rutledge is the the guy. Um, anything on those three offensive guys you think or who who might make the most uh, impact next year? See, yeah, I would I would agree with you. I would say Rutledge would have the most impact um, because of what you said about the tight ends. It, it's not that it's bad production from the tight ends because it's not even close to that. It's just the way tight ends are used in the offense Parenti wants to have. You know, they're not as prominent in the passing game as you would imagine. They, I mean, they are straight up blocking tight ends, and I think that's fine. Yeah, and I mean, I think it, it's good when you don't have to worry about plugging a lot of holes through the transfer portal because I think, you know, it's you want to use it because, I mean, that's what it's there for to supplement things. But it's good when you have a lot of guys coming back and you don't have to go get somebody in there who you're hoping can come in and make an impact. They're bringing back the offense now. The defense is a little bit of another story. You know, you had some some starter-level guys in there. Kyle Kennard went to South Carolina. Kenan Johnson uh, went to Utah. You had some some other depth guys leave. I brought in a defensive line transfer um, from Florida State. I don't know how to pronounce his name, and I don't want to be disrespectful, so I'm just going to – I'm going to learn how to say his name at some point. But bringing him in, like you said, bringing in Barton um, from Furman, I, I think he's a player with upside. Look, they just have to get better defensive line play. Uh, you know, losing to Quan Douse, um, you're losing some experience there. But they're also not losing – and, look, I don't want to, like, disrespect anybody, but they're not losing anybody that's just irreplaceable. Like, me and you both, like, think Kyle Kennard's a good player, but, like, Georgia Tech's defense was bad in, like, every metric of every category. Like, there just wasn't any – other than creating turnovers, there just wasn't anything that they were really all that good at. Um, So, you know, replacing some of those guys is not not the worst thing in the world. It's just you do worry about depth when you have as many defensive linemen leave, like Noah Collins leaving and some of those other guys, like guys that would have been in the rotation and could have provided depth or spot starts if they needed to. So uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, – if they can add any more additions on the defensive line. Um, you had EJ Lightsey from Georgia. You had uh, Jackson Hamilton from Louisville at linebacker. Both of those guys, like I know Lights, he's been uh, struggling. He, he's had some trouble with injuries um, in the past at Georgia, but I think he's a, definitely a talented player that uh, some of the staff knows. Uh, Hamilton, he didn't get on the field much um, at Louisville, but you know he, he played high school here in Georgia. He has really good coverage instincts when you watch him on, on the field. Like he, He's done well when he gets reps in that area. Again, linebacker play was just – it was hit or miss. Like, Paul Moala had some some good moments and, and brought a lot of leadership. It was, you know, hit or miss otherwise. Kyle Eford was a guy I'm kind of excited about going into next year. But, again, when you rank so low in, every, in so many defensive categories, you know, you're just saying, hey, bringing in some new guys probably doesn't hurt. And then, you know, you go to the, to the secondary. Warren Burrell from uh, Tennessee and then Saeed Gibbs from Rhode Island. Like, those are guys that I think are going to step in and try to make an instant impact, especially – you know, K.J. Wallace left. He was a starter. 
Kenan Johnson played a lot of snaps. Miles Sims is out of eligibility. So the cornerback position is, is one that they needed to attack. And I think they did. Um, overall, I, I think those guys in the secondary are the ones I'm kind of looking forward to watching the most, the, you know, the linebacker as well. But I guess how do you think, you know, did they do enough to maybe strengthen the defense or do you think it's going to have to be more guys stepping up that they've been um, developing these past few years? I think it has to be a mix of both. I, I think especially in the secondary, like I think I, I'm big on Saeed Gibbs. Like I think he can make a day one impact. And you look at some of the defensive linemen, like we got a decent amount of D linemen, but there are so many have to cycle in and out, especially, um, you know, on the interior positions. So I think it's going to have to be a cycle of both. I think you're going to have to, you know, incorporate these new guys and also stay true to the guys who are developing at Georgia Tech, you know, guys who are um, really trying to perfect their craft. And I, I think especially at D-line, that's so important um, because so many people, you know, rotate in at that position. So I, I think it'll be a mix of both. Um, but But I'm happy to see so many players coming in from the portal from so many you know different conferences like i I am huge on jack barton as well like i will think he will also make an immediate impact i think jack barton saeed gibbs are single-handedly um going to up the defense themselves but georgia tech players who have been here also have to step up like it's two players can't make almost one of the worst defenses in the acc become the best like it had to be interior growth it can't just be a couple of guys yeah and you know for for this team to you know take a step and you know improve that win total of seven assuming the offense doesn't regress any like you got to see a big step up on defense like you can't be this bad on defense again next year because it's just going to cost you games that maybe you shouldn't lose like that's just end of story and on that same note you know one of the hires that uh they're still out brent key is still looking for a defensive coordinator we'll see um what happens there, but he did hire former Duke and former Miami assistant, Jess Simpson, who also um, he coached high school football in Georgia for a long time, was a head coach at Buford um, for a long time. He is a defensive assistant. According to reports, his position has not exactly been defined. I don't know like what position he's going to coach or what he's going to do, but Simpson really, he did a pretty good job at Miami. And he also was a defensive line coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I know nobody equates, good defensive line play with the Falcons at all, but they, he, he is a pretty good coach and the defenses he coached at Miami. I know in 2018 when he was the assistant head coach and the defensive line coach, they, I think were the number one defense in the ACC and one of the best in the country. And then um, he stayed in that role with Manny Diaz when he was the coach. And then he was uh, at Duke with Mike Elko. Um, he went there after Elko took over Duke a couple of years ago. So, I think it was a pretty good hire. Um, I, I know some people criticize his recruiting, and he, he's not as strong as a recruiter. I would push back a little on that. I, I don't think he's as, as bad as I've seen some people uh, try to say, but he's a, a really experienced guy. He should should help you. He's he, um, in, in terms of high school relations and everything, like he should be really good in that area. Do you have any thoughts on Simpson being hired? I think – see – I don't. A lot of people aren't really as high as him, but I I think he's a 
I don't know what the term is, like a like a home run hire. Yeah, like, I, I mean, think he can make an immediate impact. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll see who the defensive coordinator is going to be. Uh, you know, there's a lot of names being floated out there, but that's going to be a decision that's going to be made soon. But I uh, definitely wanted to pass that along. But, look, I think it, it's a pretty good transfer portal class. You know, you don't have any – there were not a lot of, you know, can't miss, no doubt studs in the portal this year, in my opinion. And that just goes around the country. I don't think you didn't have a Caleb Williams. You didn't have somebody like of that caliber in the portal. You had you had a couple of really, uh, really good players. But you know, I think it's just finding guys that fit your system and fit your program and getting them in there and what you want to do. And that's the biggest thing. And I, I do think they did that. We'll see the impact they made because you know some of these guys coming from lower levels. You don't know how big the jump's going to be. Um, you know, because like Keelan Rutledge was an All Conference guard at at Middle Tennessee State. Can you do that in the ACC? Like Georgia Tech hopes so. Like, you know, it's – but it, it's it's not a for sure thing. And, and same thing with Gibbs, you know, coming from Rhode Island. You know, how – is there is there an adjustment um, coming up from, from that level to this one? So we'll see. You know, I don't want to really put any projections on it, but I do think it was a pretty solid class all around. They attacked their needs. They got the guys they wanted. And, look, it's an experienced team coming back next year and one that, you know, hopes to get back to a ball game and maybe more. We'll see. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself yet, but they – there's a chance if the defense uh, gets its act together, we'll, we'll see improvement. But that is going to wrap up our show today. Um, we're going to be back soon with another episode. Just kind of, again, it's it's almost off season. It, it is off season time, you know. Hopefully we'll hear something about the defensive coordinator soon. Um, you know, spring ball is, is, is not going to be too far away. We, you know, we'll, we'll still be coming here with plenty of uh, football content as well. But like we said earlier, basketball is – uh, hitting its stride right now, both men's and women's um, baseball, softball are just around the corner. So we'll stay locked in right here for all your Georgia Tech athletics uh, talk and uh, discussion. Um, RJ, anything else before we get out of here? I got nothing, man. I just got a little excited when you talked about baseball, man. That's my sport. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Hopefully they can make some noise in the ACC uh, this year. You know, the ACC is tough baseball conference. So Wake Forest is – might be arguably the number one team in the country going into the year. Um, they're going to be really tough to beat, but, you know, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's going to do it for us. Um, again, if you're listening in podcast form, just one star, three star, five stars, doesn't matter to us. We just want to know what y'all think of the show, what we can do to improve it, and we're going to work very hard to do that. You know, uh, we like the little community we're building here, and we're just going to keep, uh, you know, plugging away at it and making the best Georgia Tech content out there. But, That'll do it for us. I'm Jackson Caldell. That's RJ Schaefer. This has been the Believe in Georgia Tech podcast, and thank you for listening.